Hey there, folks. Welcome again to the No Season 2 podcast. I'm George. As you all know, I have my good friend Megan, and we're watching My Soul Called Life. This week's episode is Why Jordan Can't Read. That is episode 7. Original air date, October 6, 1994. A lot to unpack with this episode. But before we get into Why Jordan Can't Read, how are you, Megan? I'm good. I mean, I'm a little tired. I couldn't sleep last night. We were watching the OJ Made in America. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that like affected my sleep my sleep pattern it was the trial and there was a lot Ooh, so so episode four yeah so <laughs> it's uh let's not a light watch and then we watched the episode eight of last of us also not a light watch and i have some thoughts on that but different <laughs> okay well we'll start a podcast about that um yeah. uh how was yours <laughs> Uh, well, I turned 45 this weekend. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you. And I, I, as you know, on my birthday, I every year I usually watch the uh, O.J. Simpson for Bronco Chase <laughs> for shits and giggles because it happens to be on my birthday, June 17th, 1994. So uh, that's usually what I do for my birthday. I watch that. As a friends over, we watch uh, O.J. Made in America. I watch first <laughs> three episodes. <laughs> the Bronco Chase is a lot going on. And some of the commentary by some of the police officers that were involved were, I think his last name is like Albanese. And he's like talking about, he's like, you go in their house and there's a sandwich buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Dining. I'll use the clinical term, nutty. Nutty, nutty. Yeah, Yeah, um, uh, you know, it's funny, like there's an episode in which he speaks, because he's in it a couple times. Yeah. In which he's like, when he talks about LAPD racism, he's like, in all the years that I was there, I never saw it. I was like, get the (laughs) fuck out of here. It's like, of course you did it. You were looking for it. You were like willfully ignorant of it, sir. Yeah, I that and then hearing like, yeah, hearing Martin ready. Furman Martin Furman be like, I was I was beyond fair. Beyond <laughs> like when I fought him, I fought him straight up. It's like oh, I don't think up. police should be fighting with, <laughs> with suspects hand to hand combat or like tasers or batons. It's like Yeah, no, it's like every year I watch it, like the cops get even worse. I'm like, yes, well, they do. Even so, even some of the African American cops, I was like, what the fuck are you talking also, about? Also, <laughs> I guess this was like before the amount of times that the N-word is just dropped by old white guys is like a lot it's really bizarre and i was like you could just not say it there's that option yeah. that you had to not say it you don't have to like repeat what uh, jeffrey Tubin or Ashley yeah. bailey or uh that one cop is like uh and i was like Whoa. because if you, if you if you're able to say it like that then you're pretty much able to say it the the person who did not say it and it was mark Furman. <laughs> he learned his lesson <laughs> In 1994. Do you know, is before we get into the episode, I do have to ask you something because I remember the first time watching it. I don't know if I felt sorry for Mark Furman, but I was I was kind of like, damn, that's a bad beat. (laughs) Because like his wife leaves some of his kids. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't necessarily feel bad for him. Like he had the option to not be recorded by a woman (laughs) a film about the LAPD and just talk about yeah. Yeah. Like 
like he had that choice. He made yeah. the wrong choice on that. I remember when it, when it aired, I think it was like July uh, and whatever it was, uh, 2016, 2017. There was a, like, my friend and I were like, do you feel like a moment? Did you feel kind of shitty for, I was like, for like a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the third lose- time he, he takes the fifth, you were like, oh. <laughs> All right. When, when you lose your family. Yeah. yeah. Well, he could have anyway, kept it. <laughs> yeah. We, we'll have to, we'll have to uh, rewatch <laughs> OJ Made America, which I'm no season two. <laughs> no, no season. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We have to rewatch uh, OJ Made in America. I have seen this, this seven hours of TV many, many times. So I'm it is. A, it's a lot of TV. Up. It's like a lot of TV. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it aired over five nights when it when it aired. And now we're just mainlining it in a couple nights. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I loved it. I thought it was probably possibly one of my one of my favorite things I've watched in the past like 20 years so, so good I love all OJ content by the way just so you know I do I have know. no idea why it's like oh yeah actually you, you actually, actually does know you know I, I did uh, buy you that COVID <laughs> that is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah that is true I still have the um uh, I have no way to segue into uh this episode but just like the OJ Simpson stuff 1994 this episode from 94 that's the best I can do <laughs> Although this episode is called Why Jordan Can't Read, I don't think we get a definitive answer on, <laughs> on there, that. I, I said on, on top, there's a lot to unpack. My Before we get into the synopsis of the episode, do you think there was too much of the parents in this one? I don't think so. I definitely think there have been like episodes where it's like, oh my God, can we like cool it? But like this one, it didn't seem a lot to me, in okay. my opinion. Because, like, I actually watched this episode, the beginning of it, three times. Because <laughs> I, watched, I watched it on Saturday, and, like, by the end of it, I kind of fell asleep. And I watched it again <laughs> yesterday, and then I watched it again this morning while I was doing my laundry. And then I fired it's... up again because I, I, there's a couple things that I wanted to miss. So why don't we get into the synopsis, and we'll get into some of the questions I have for you. Okay. I have a, I, I wrote it down. I can read my handwriting this time. There you go. <laughs> Rayan loses a letter that Angela had written about Jordan to prove that she was over him, which is like not the way to do that. And definitely don't start it with Dear Jordan. He finds the letter and returns it to Angela. And in that moment, we find out that he can't read because she basically like forces him to say it, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. saying like, why wouldn't you have read it? And it's like, well, he can't read. That's why he didn't read it. The secret brings them a little closer and she's invited or she kind of invites herself to his his band practice where he plays her the song he has been working on called Red, leading Ricky and Angela to think the song is about her. Jordan gives Angela a ride home and she casually diagnoses him with dyslexia, noting that her uncle has it. Whether that is Uncle Neil, we don't know. Um, but Jordan doesn't really seem like he's into being diagnosed with dyslexia. They end up kissing. This time it's not assault. <laughs> That's a good distinction. Thank you yeah. for putting that out there. Uh, this kiss leaves her a little bit um, love-struck. And the next day she invites him to meet her parents as that's the only way that she can go on an official date. And I have those rules written down that we can discuss later in the episode. Um, he known, he no-shows whether or not it's because he can't tell time or, you know, he, he just doesn't show up. And when he talks to Ricky later, he reveals that Angela makes things too complicated. 
complicated, kind of reading into a lot and makes things a little too complicated for him. We also learn that the song Red is actually about Jordan's car. Um, <laughs> while all of this is going on, Patty thinks that she may be pregnant due to a late period. Graham starts getting into the idea of another child when he thinks maybe that they could have a son. Patty ends up not being pregnant. Graham feels a little disappointed that his chances of having a son are gone. Um, he ends up filling that void at the end of the episode by playing catch with the only boy he knows, Brian Krakow. I mean, he doesn't know any other teenage boys. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> only neighborhood boy. I don't know. And Brian's always there barging yeah. in. Barging in. <sighs> Got a lot of thoughts on Brian. Okay, so a couple of notes that I have. The show takes place in Pittsburgh. So the museum that they're at in the very beginning, these are the one of two places, the Carnegie Museum of Art, which I think mm-hmm. that's where it is, or the Andy Warhol Museum. I'm pretty sure that's the Carnegie Museum of Art. I don't, yeah, I didn't see any Andy Warhol. Yeah, there, there, there's that. <laughs> um, I think we have to start off with the fact that a security guard at the museum may or may not have had sex with Rayanne. But was definitely into the idea. And it's like, dude, that's a child. And you're an adult and a security guard. There is, this is why you need to have diverse writer's rooms. (laughs) We say that like So somebody go, hey, hey. I mean, it's like, I guess we're supposed to get some sort of like plot development or like character development for Rayanne through her like sexuality, which I don't think is written with any sort of compassion or grace for the most part. That could be better. I was, when I was watching the episode, the three times that I watched it, especially (laughs) the beginning, I was kind of like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I I, I wrote like, why in all caps, um, the security guard is an adult. Why is he entertaining Rayanne in all caps? Because it's just like... Fire also, this man. <laughs> this is a bad Rayanne episode. Like, who has yeah. a flask in high school? Um, I don't know. I knew a lot of guys that spit chew into a Snapple bottle, but none that had a flask. <laughs> I was in a fraternity in college, and I don't think I remember a single dude having a flask until I was, like, in my 20s. Maybe she got a Latino. Like, yeah, well, I mean, we never see him, so. And also, like, did. boo on Angela for giving the letter to Rayanne, because you just knew that either A, she was going to give it to Jordan, or B, she was going to lose it. Yeah, no, Rayanne the two options here so i don't know this feels like this episode like as we know like the history of the the writers and the showrunner of uh the show is from 30 something a show that's a few years before this this felt like a very 30 something episode with Mm -hmm. the subplot of uh patty and graham about possibly having a child at age Mm -hmm. 40 this felt very 30 something and i kind of didn't enjoy that i will say i was glad i finally found out that it's 40 40 years (laughs) old yeah can stop the guessing game of how old she is isn't she supposed to be older than Graham, too? Is she? I thought they went to high school together. They did. But I like, guess like I a couple like, years older. I think she might be a couple years older. And I will say there's a scene when she realizes she missed her period. But before that, she says, I'm bloated. Do I look fat? And like fat is not, you know, a bad thing. But if no. your wife asks you, do I look fat? Graham, you should immediately say no. Exactly. He paused. I mean, dude, come on. Yeah. It was a little bit of a clunker for me this episode. It, it, it was. I think that's the reason why I had to watch more than one. 
was because I, I didn't get some of the things. I'm going to tell you, so I'm going to give you like the, the good first. There's some really, really cool shots in this. Mm-hmm. I like the shot of Kyle and Sharon when they're talking. And uh, and that's what she kind of like. Uh, Sharon's a, I'll save it, but Sharon's a high point for me in this episode. Yeah, because she's basically like, she's like, I don't like her, but slut shame isn't cool either. Yeah. So. <laughs> Back in the uh, 90s like the when slut shaming was cool. So. Exactly. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's a real one because, like, uh, that was that's ahead of her time in 1994. Considering that's like we had Anita Hill and <laughs> you know, what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just all yeah. sort of, it's like we treat women like it was like oh no, it was like we were treating women like shit in the 90s. No, but I like that shot of her the way the camera is. It's you see Rand in the background, but the shot is the two of them, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool shot. I also thoroughly enjoy the shot of Angela dancing after she gets out of the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a really, really cool shot, yeah. I was half expecting them to pan up to the tree and see Brian crack out there, to be honest. (laughs) 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 I really thought that's where that was heading because it kind of did, like, pan up to the tree and we all know Brian hangs out there to peep on the women of the the neighborhood. So I did like that, though, because it felt like a real a real moment it did yeah where you're like giddy after you kind of had written off all hope <laughs> maybe this horrible loser of a boy liking you but he right, like right. kisses you and it's just like the best moment of your life unfortunately <laughs> no i thought that, that they told that very well um uh i have two questions to ask you these are back the back questions okay. is ricky in love with jordan yeah you don't memorize like yeah. where they're gonna be in the high school without and i think it's implied when like angela looks at ricky and he's like you don't have to say it because i think she was gonna say something like i'm sorry for stealing your crush yeah, <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know but and in my other question which is a follow-up does ricky and jordan have better chemistry than jordan and angela so far yeah <laughs> but for you a question do jordan and ricky have better chemistry than ricky and brian (laughs) because we know Um, we know you've been hoping i've been been wanting that let the love story to happen but then again like as much as the more i think about how much i hate brian this is a bad (laughs) bad brian episode brian Brian was was out out of control control. (laughs) he was a real he is a real piece of garbage in this episode yeah not 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 a a brian fan no i i like the way that like they interacted when she when when he tells her or when he tells him about like the song and why mm-hmm. he didn't show up at the house and what the song's about like their I think their interaction was actually really really cool when he opens up and says she knows too much about me but not like that but I guess the secret that he carries is what she knows outside of that I don't think there's like a lot of emotional depth because he's, he's an idiot no <laughs> he's an idiot no, it's. I don't know if this was a weak episode. It was. It, it wasn't one of my favorites. I think I said the reason why I had to watch it so many times was because I was trying to find something I like about it. The first time I was like okay, and then like the second time I was just like I don't like. There's a lot of things I don't like about the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is like a scene in the bathroom with Sharon and Rayanne where have, Rayanne is as- asking about like, have you gone all the way with Kyle? Mm-hmm. And Sharon says that like, she made a promise to herself that she's not going to go all the way until she's ready and she's sticking to that. And then Rayan says, it looks like you're in ecstasy, reaching ecstasy when you're kissing. And Sharon says, you must know all about that. But then Rayan says that most of the time she feels numb which is super depressing because she's like 15. Yeah. And like, also, again, I think there's a way to like, I don't know, develop characters without giving them sexual trauma. 
it, it would be nice. Because they are teenagers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't have any notes of like uh, introductions. We did get to see a couple of members of the Frozen Embryos. I guess the guy's a drummer. We didn't get his name. Isn't the drummer actually Jared Leto's brother in real life? I no like way. I, I feel like I read that on like Wikipedia or IMDb or something. Yeah, I think his name is Shannon. He's a loser Shannon, too. Shannon Leto. <laughs> yeah, so we, we don't get their names, but Frozen Embryos, we get introduced to two of the other band members. We got it. We have two needle drops. One, of course, is Red, and the other one is uh, Soda Jerk by uh, Buffalo Tom, which is being played when uh, Kyle and Sharon are kissing. Uh, if you don't know that song, it's actually a really cool song, but, uh, Soda Jerk by Buffalo Tom. But of course, we get the needle drop moment to Red by Jordan Catalano. We do hear it twice. We do. Once him singing it. Well, once him singing it. Okay, weren't you like, confused about why he was singing it as like a country song? A little bit? Um, it seems very 90s. It's written by W.G. Snuffing Walden and uh, Winnie Holtzman, the showrunner. Before I read the lyrics, Do this it, song, this I, song I, blows. I, I hate it. This song I blows. I, <laughs> I thought this song blew like major ass. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna do like a a song off of songs written by love interests on like teen shows, I think Donna Martin's boyfriend wins. You're <laughs> so precious to me. The how do you talk to an angel? Is that oh right, <laughs> right? That's not uh, gonna win. Jamie Walters, I think that's what his yeah. name was. Wasn't he like a spousal abuser? Like he was, did yeah. he like beat her? But the song was better. <laughs> how do you talk to an angel when you're throwing her down the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> the subtext of that song. So the song is called Red. Okay. I was going nowhere, going nowhere fast, drowning in my memories, living in the past. Everything looked bad until I found her. She's all I need. That's what I said. I call her Red. She's my shelter from the storm. She's a place to rest my head. Late at night, she keeps me safe and warm. I call her Red. The song stinks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> the song sucks. Like, what? First of all, men in their cars. I don't get it. Second of all, yeah, well, is he living in his car? Because that's what it sounds like here. <laughs> I'm, it is a smidge emo. Uh, but he's saying mm, this like a country song, which I like didn't get the vibe yeah, at all. His, his voice is very breathy. I was trying to figure out who it sounded like. And the best thing I come up with was like Sam Beam from Iron and Wine. It's, <gasps> it's like it's very like almost kind of like like he's doing an impression of a singer that would sing that song. Well, maybe he was. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he is a shitty. He is in a shitty band. Yeah, so. I was going to say like <laughs> current day Jared Leto band. It's not something I would listen, go out of my way to listen to. And past tense, Jared Leto music would not be interested in. He's, he's not my favorite. The fact that, that she thought this song was about her when they literally, I don't know, two interactions. It's like so, but I mean, I understand like being a teen and reading into like the sure. tiniest of things. But like, girl, you've had like two interactions with him. <laughs> It doesn't make sense that this song would be about you. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky kind of, kind of, kind of messed yeah, that up. Yeah, he was like, about oh, you. This like, song is about you. Not, we, Ricky is who we love on the show, but Ricky, not, not a great, no, not a great no, show. But Ricky, no. he really like planted like, that thought in her head, and she like really went did. with it. So, Megan, we talked about the song Red, which is uh, probably written by uh, our showrunner, Winnie, and this guy named Snuffy Walden. And who is Snuffy Walden? He just happens to be a Emmy Award-winning 
I guess he, he orchestrates music. So he did the main title for, for this. And he, I guess he's a part of the, the My So Called Life universe because he also did the theme music for 30-something and a few other shows, Felicity, The West Wing, Miracles, Kidnapped. I mean, he's kind of a big deal. There was a, actually a documentary about him called Up to Snuff in 2018. I listen to the third. Okay, so I listen to the thirty-something theme song. It's like an adult version of the My So-Called Life theme song. It's pretty boppy. It's, it's snappy. Yeah, I dig it. The West Wing one is like presidential. Yeah, for a functioning government, which we don't have. And then, like the Felicity stuff is just like Kurt Felicity's theme. I don't think yeah. it's a theme song. I was a little disappointed he didn't do the the new version. Right, right. Because that song, because I'm a big Felicity fan, that song Ooh. is amazing. And I, unfortunately, Felicity had more than one season. <laughs> they did, but uh, he also did the uh, the music for Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which had only one season. And several listeners have come up to me like, you have to do that show. That's by the same guy that did West Wing, right? Yeah. He's a little... Sorkin. <laughs> eh, <it's... laughs> he hasn't been me too yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he, the Sorkin like thing is like he was like a major cokehead. Like uh, he wrote like few I'm sure good men. Super like, pleasant to be around. Uh, all, <laughs> everybody talking so fast and like he seems like a jackass. <laughs> but yeah, apparently like he was like a major, major. Allegedly, cokehead. allegedly. When they're at the museum, he's Jordan says like, oh, like I could use a coffee. And Angela, Angela's like, you drink coffee? Like, Well, he's, he's 25 years old, yeah. <laughs> which she says, oh, with cream or something. And he says, no, black with three sugars. In my opinion, black coffee does not have sugar. I just thought that out of the way. I don't drink coffee, so. Oh, like, that's right, I you don't? Because like, <laughs> you a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This whole episode... Also, the fact that he was on a field trip seemed weird because usually you have to get parents to sign a permission slip and I can't like imagine Jordan Catalano going to his dad to like no. get him to sign this. And also like, even <laughs> did he know what the field trip was for? Because he can't read the permission yeah. slip. So I, I think we're bearing the lead here. It's like, I, I love the fact that Ricky is like, he has shop on Wednesday, Mondays and Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> he never misses shop. Yeah. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> Building birdhouses and like. Yeah, he's like, he. <laughs> I know, this episode so, was just uh, not. It's, it's, it's a bit clunky. I mean, it's because we had to find like things that like sort of like gravitate towards too. It's like, what was your favorite fit in this episode? So I have two. So okay. one is just a random student at the museum. Um, he's wearing a backwards baseball cap, a leather sort of blazer over a plaid shirt, and baggy jeans. Yeah, I like that. He was cool. And then, like, um, Ricky at Jordan's band practice in, like, that Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant Pepper jacket, jacket with, like, the shirt. printed shirt and, like, the overalls, but they're just worn as jeans. Yeah. I There's, a, there's like, two outfits that I was like, I think I may have worn that. <laughs> Brian Krakow. I kind of fuck... <laughs> Oh yeah, I kind of fuck with Crack Krakow's uh, cardigan in the very in the in the museum. <laughs> I kind of fucks with that. There's like some boys and men shit. It was like it like that. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna get my best fit to Jordan. Actually, the gray shirt over the white sleeve long shirt and the baggage jeans. That is something I definitely wore in the nineties. Like every boy did. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. yeah was, that was yeah, the was one outfit the- boys could wear in the nineties. Is government issued? Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. you just had to wear it. Yeah, gray shirt over the over the uh, over the white. 
t-shirt. Can we talk about worse outfit? Because I'm struggling to understand. Like, I know it was the 90s and it was just like, whatever. (laughs) Angela's like shorts over the tights with with like the like, I don't know, vest over the long sleeve shirt. Even for the 90s, it's a lot. I don't, I didn't, I didn't understand that look either. I was she like, wears it a lot huh? too. She does. And yeah, she does. That's not a good, it's not a good outfit. It really isn't because like she has some cool stuff that she wears with the, whether it's like the flannel dress or the flannel over like uh, the overalls, but that <laughs> shorts and like yeah, what? It's, um, it's a choice that, you know, she made. I don't get no, it. No, I mean, I was, I, I don't get it either. It's a really, really, really bizarre outfit. Did you catch the, uh, Patty Jermaine Greer I had to like I had to look it up so did I that whole scene I actually kind of enjoyed because it is I don't know it's like a little better now but I think in the 90s you were definitely like over the hill at 40 yeah and it is true like I don't know men can like lose a little hair get like a little dad bod and they're not considered like sort of wasted space on the planet but like the moment a woman like has gray hair or a wrinkle or is not young enough to have children anymore. It's like send her to the glue factory, (laughs) get rid of her. I don't think a lot of shows talk about premenopause. So that was interesting (laughs) to me. I don't know that maybe is like a woman pushing 40. (laughs) Interested. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I I thought they they handled that with grace because like, just like all the stuff you said, I'm going to say it again, but it's like a, whether it's like acting or like uh like a, like 40 is like uh, uh, yeah. over the hill yeah. get her out of here shoot her <laughs> in like the 90s probably bought like my parents like an over the hill like birthday card at some sure. point so i don't know it's it was a very i thought that was a real conversation because <laughs> like her because sharon's mom whose name i can't remember at all says you're not you know you're not old enough for premenopause it'll be you know it takes 10 years anyway <laughs> but then patty goes so you think i'm pregnant and then she goes you're too old to be pregnant which is not the case plenty of 40 plus year olds are having children now what did you think of the interaction between brian krakow and danielle the the younger sister jesus take the wheel <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Having been Danielle's age, I probably like thought one of my brother's friends was cute or something. Mm-hmm. But like it was so I thought it was unnecessary, to be honest. She's how old? Like eleven? She's supposed to be eleven, yeah. Maybe I'm just like, can we stop like sexualizing children? <laughs> like a little, just like a I mean, little. We've already got, I don't know, Rayanne who's like numb during sex and she's 15. Who fucking wrote that? Yeah, like maybe leave Jen. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can see that it's innocent. She's just kind of like flirting. (laughs) Like, I mean, Brian was kind of, he didn't understand what was happening. So it's not like he was like into it, but it just was like weird. And especially when like Graham and Patty looked over and thought that it was cute that she was, I don't know, flirting with Brian. I I think it was one scene too many. Yeah, because it happened twice, right? It does, yeah. It's like, it, it, it is supposed to be cute, but then the second time you're like, well, anyway. We're just been right on the categories. I always like to do the bad first. Who's your big loser for this episode? I have three. <laughs> we have three. I have okay. three. Okay. I'm, first of all, the security guard because he's an he's an big adult man. He's into like a teenager, like hitting on him. Jordan Catalano, just because he like doesn't show up and he doesn't have the emotional quotient. <laughs> I don't know. Understand that that's like not a cool thing to do. And then Brian Krakow. <laughs> so yeah. He is like such. 
Ugh. First of all, why are you barging into people's homes, regardless of whether your childhood friends <laughs> have you heard of knocking? B, there's a scene where where she she comes downstairs and he's like, why do you look like that? <sighs> First of all, don't comment on someone's appearance. And then she says that Jordan is coming over and he like has a shit fit about it. He has a hissy fit like a fucking child. He does. And she says something about going to the bicycle thief with Jordan. And Brian's like, you think that idiot would understand it? You didn't even understand it until I explained it to you. And it's like, go home. Why are you here? I can't stand you. Yeah, no, I mean, like Brian Cargo is my big loser. One of the things I thought, for all the things you said, one of the things I thought was super bizarre. He's like having this fucking what feels like an emotional breakdown because some dude's coming over to some girl's house that doesn't even like you. The parents are in the same fucking room. Yeah, yes, that yeah, that was <laughs> the fact that they were fighting. I'm like fighting in her house, and he's yelling at their daughter. I don't know if that right, was right. like my kid. <laughs> If I had a kid, if that was my kid at some point, like yelling at her, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out of my house. You little you asshole. Like, yeah, yeah. Go cut your hair. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the hair is a bad beat. Yeah. He was a big, big loser. We got, that was a very Brian heavy episode. Because in, in the, in the museum, he's like, goes up to Angela and he's, she told, the teacher told you to stay with the group. Yeah. It's like, okay, narc. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got like four interactions with Brian. And none of like, them are oh good. Oh my God. None of them are good. None of them are good. He's desperate to get that that copy of Malcolm X. (laughs) I mean, I do you think he read it? Mm, Yeah. Do you think he understood it if he read it? No, of course not. (laughs) No, it's it's really yeah. That was a very very Brian heavy. Do they know they're writing him as like like a shithead? Like a shithead. I mean, like I know I yeah. We're supposed to like view him as I think back then. If you maybe like watched it in the nineties. I feel like you would sort of feel apt to side with Brian. And I don't think the lens now works for thinking that Brian's like an okay person. Yeah, they're they're writing him as if he, as like a boy next door, which he is like secretly rooting for. Like hopefully like Angela sees that like Brian Krakow should be who she'd win. But Krakow sucks. (laughs) He sucks. He he sucks. I feel like he would be on like a Reddit board talking about how he's been friend zoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like be like, oh, she's such a bitch. Like I just, he, what's his home life like that he like turned out like this? Mark Zuckerberg in the beginning of the social network, kind of like that. Yeah. (laughs) Brian Krakow probably created Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking bitch, Angela. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Who is your big winner of this episode? Sharon. Sharon. Sharon's right. my big winner because she makes a good point that you can dis you can hate people who dislike people for reasons other than kind of like dragging them down. If you hate someone, you don't have to call them ugly, you know. Although it is fun sometimes. You can mm-hmm. talk about like their shitty personality qualities and i think that's what sharon was getting at that just because she's a raging alcoholic who sleeps with anyone like that's not why sharon dislikes her i mean i think sharon dislikes her because she stole angela from from her right right. i like that she stood up to kyle and didn't give in to kyle's petty bullshit yeah, no, I I don't have her as my big winner, but I, there was in, definitely a running. My big winner this week, oddly enough, is Pat. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think I for some reason, like, I like the fact that she was so elated that she wasn't pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, God. And I, and I thought the rules, I mean, your daughter's 15 years old, so. I, I, mean, I, I have the, those I rules I thought all the rules made down. sense. Go ahead. When 
Angela asks if she can start dating. Patty says the ground rule for dates are there's a curfew. Good rule. Where you, you have to say where you're going. You have to say who's Good going rule. to be there. Good rule. No drinking. If the boy is drinking, he cannot drive you home. Excellent rule. Absolutely. <laughs> the last one we have to meet him first, which I don't think is technically yeah. like an unreasonable. No, 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 not for a 15 year old. If 16 or 17, maybe. Maybe they would like, like to know old. that he's a twice held back sophomore taking out their 15 year old daughter. He's secretly 20 years old. <laughs> no, I, I thought the rules made sense. And. Uh, there wasn't any wasted Patty moments in this episode. I thought they were all very. At good. the end, when they're outside, that outfit she's wearing in the end is, I think, a contender for a best fit. It's like a Obama like weekend wear denim shirt, light colored denim dad jeans, and like a white shirt sure. underneath. <laughs> it, was, it was a very, very good, very good Patty episode. Do you have any predictions for next week? Um, I think it's going to be like a continuation, maybe of. Obviously, Angela pining over Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like they're leading up to Rayanne's drinking becoming more of an issue. Yeah, I mean, they're they're starting the show because when she drank, it was usually when she was out. But she's like drinking like at school events. She's drinking out of a flask. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're going to have the Rayanne either OD or meltdown at some point. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more of a... Ricky, I, w- I want to see Ricky with somebody. Yeah, it was, or at least it was like, kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. That, that did kind of bum me out. He was kind of like looking at Sharon and Kyle making out, right. and like had this forlorn look on his face, and then like his sort of crush on Jordan. I guess can't yeah. move in on that. Yeah, I also, I'd like to see maybe less of Crackout. Crackout. Oh was, God, I would. Crackout was tough, dude. I would pay crackout money for someone to edit Crackout out of these episodes. Oh, Krakow's a tough beat this week. I was like, oof. I will say Graham oof. had a Graham had a good line in this episode when Brian comes over and Danielle is like, teach me how to play like saxophone or something. And then they were like, oh, I thought you played the flute. And he was like, I play both. College is like it when you play both instruments. And Graham is like, do you have to play them at the same time? <laughs> And Brian was just like, right I love it when anybody makes fun of Brian Krakow. Yeah, no, because he's he's a psycho. He's like, ugh, get me, get me less of Brian Krakow. The, uh, the one last thing before we sign off for our listeners is like, what did you think of the band name Frozen Embryos? I mean, it's a stupid name. It's a stupid name. Do they even know what embryos are? That's what I'm wondering. There's no way because like, he's like, uh, the embryos. Is it say frozen embryos like the embryos? <laughs> so I don't know what kind of music it is. It's Do they, they perform at some point, right? Uh, they do, if I remember correctly. I want to say he covers, they cover um, the Ramones mm. in a later episode. Good choice. <laughs> Sedated by the Ramones. I, I'm starting, like that, just, I'm starting to remember some of the episodes or some of the things, some of the moments. And we also get another Buffalo Tom song from Soda Jerk later in the, later in the season, mm. which is one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs of the 90s, which is uh, Late at Night. I can tell you what one of my favorite songs is not, and it's Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> we have been the No Season 2 podcast, uh, and that was uh, Why Jordan Can't Read. Thank you, Megan. Yep. See you next week. See you next week.